time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, from World Headquarters here in the Ozark Mountains, the Vintage Truth Podcast, bringing you God's vintage truth in a language that you can understand. That's right. And so we're talking about your spiritual bank account. Man, what an incredible subject to talk about, to know that there is waiting for us in heaven a spiritual reward that's going to be so incredible. And this reward happens at an event called the Bema or at a place called the Bema, at the judgment seat of Christ. And we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at what Paul says about this particular time of judgment. He says it's for all believers. He says it is a time of evaluation, not at a time of evaluation whether or not we go to heaven or hell. That was determined at the moment we became believers. Eternity past, God set his heart of love on us in time Christ died for us, paid the penalty for our sins, and eventually we responded to the gospel message and believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that moment, all our sins were forgiven. So this is about rewards. Specifically, if we receive rewards, and if so, for what do we receive rewards? And, and we saw from uh, previous podcasts that one of the ways that we receive rewards is when we are supportive of other gospel ministries. A very interesting passage, and in, in, real quickly, in Matthew 10, uh, Jesus says, uh, he, who is, um, he who receives, in verse 40, he who receives you, talking about his, his apostles, receives me. He who receives me receives the one who sent me. Verse 41, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who gives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, excuse me, he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And there's a principle there that when you partner with another gospel-centered ministry, like a church or a Christian nonprofit or an individual that's doing God's work, when you partner with him as, as the Philippians did with Paul, by the way, that partner is the Greek word koinonia, means to share something in common, to share something together. It's like I'm going to put my sweat and blood into this ministry and my, my equity, my time, my energy, my talents, my education, I'm going to pour it all into this ministry and you're going to pour encouragement into me you're going to pour financial resources into this ministry and whatever else you want to supply, together we partner for a common good. That's what koinonia means, to share that kind of fellowship over the, the uh, furtherance of the ministry. Anyway, he says the principle here is that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you're going to receive a prophet's reward. If you welcome, if you help a prophet, I'm not talking about modern day prophets, I'm saying the principle here someone who is prophetically speaking God's word, then you're going to share in whatever reward they get. You get part, you get a percentage. Okay. That's how it works. If it's, it's an investment portfolio, heavenly speaking. Okay. And, and even down to the simple things, it's not just money, but he says, the next verse says, whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water to drink. Truly, I say to you, he will not lose his reward. You know how exciting that is? Because a lot of people listening to my voice right now say, well, I don't have anything to give. 
I, I can't really give anything. That's ridiculous. I mean, even someone who gives a cup of cold water gets reward. If you do it with the right motive, you're meeting a need is what he's saying. And when you help meet a, a need for the kingdom of God, however that works out in your life and the relationships and the ministries and churches, whatever you support, what, however you do that, guess what? You're going to get a reward for that. So back over to Second Corinthians 5. What's the basis for these rewards that, that Jesus is going to be given us on the day of our Christian evaluation, on our rewards day? Okay, it, it's the it's the Oscars, it's the Academy Awards, it's it's the day that we are called before the judge to receive what he's going to give us. Okay? And and who's going to be the judge, by the way? The Bible says it's going to be Christ. It's the judgment seat of Christ. Because the Bible tells us that the Father has given all judgment to the Son. So what are the basis of these rewards? Well, it says here. It says, for deeds done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I've already explained how this word bad doesn't mean bad as in sinful. It's a word that means worthless. See, there's a lot of Christian activity going on right now with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians are busy, but they're not really doing anything, okay? They're not really advancing the kingdom in any way. They're just doing stuff. Now, even if you do simple things that, that contribute towards advancing the kingdom you're going to get a reward for that but watch this now there are a lot of christians that are involved in meaningless christian activity meaningless church activity hey i don't know about you but if i'm going to do something for god i want it to really mean something i want to really do something i don't want to just play at it i don't want to just pretend i don't want to just be involved in something so that i can say i did something now, I want some bang for my buck. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to give my time to a ministry, I want to make sure that ministry is worthy of my time. If I'm going to give someone money, I want to make sure that I'm confident that that money's going towards a quality ministry that is doing something significant for God. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you do that if you were investing in a company? If you're investing in a, in a business venture? So some guy says, I'm, I'm going to go sell socks on the corner. Well, I don't know if I want to invest in that ministry or that, that business. But here's another guy who says, hey, I want to go meet this need. I've developed a new well pump that's going to help people in India pump water and so they can have drinking water. Well, that might be something you might want to invest in if you're a business person. You know, the Christian ministries are the same. There are people out there that don't deserve your money, that are just simply out there preaching themselves. They're not really doing anything for God. They're just preaching themselves. You need to be careful about who you support and, and how you support people. Hey, put your energy and your time, your talents, and your encouragement towards something that's really worth something in this life. It doesn't have to be a giant corporation that's, we're reaching millions. Sometimes the, 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 the organizations that are supposedly reaching the greatest number are really not because they're just full of administration and red tape and you know, by the time it gets down to the actually helping people, it really doesn't. You, you want to really get a return for your investment. So anyway, all I have to say, it's important to understand that that uh, there are worthless deeds you can do as well for the kingdom uh, for which there is no reward. So the purpose of Christ's evaluation here is to give us reward, okay? 
And when he does this, he does this based upon all the things we did for him after salvation. Now, the other thing that, that we talked about, too, is that Christ is going to evaluate the motives behind our works for him. And he uses the, the whole imagery of fire, that fire comes to test all the works that we did for him. So it's like, you know, imagine imagine this in your mind, is that all that you did for God is like built, you built a house, okay, a, a spiritual house, and that house is going to be, be presented before God. And when Jesus looks at that, he's just going to burn it up and see what's left behind. And if you built your house, if you built your your kingdom work, the stuff you did and the stuff you helped people do for the ministry, if you built that with wood and hay and just sticks and stubble, guess what? What, what does fire do to that? It, it consumes it. It burns it up. What's left behind? Ash, nothing, nothing of significance. But when fire is put to precious metals, you know what happens? All the impurities rise to the top, and those things are, are scooped off, and what's left behind is pure gold, pure silver. And so Jesus is going to not just evaluate the quantity of our deeds, but also the quality of our deeds as well. He's going to see past the fake. He's going to see past the facade. And he's going to bring to light the things hidden in darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. You see, that's why it's just more than serving. It's why you served. It wasn't for the good feeling you got about yourself. It was for the glory you were giving to God because you were giving of yourself to him. I mean, it, it wasn't just because you went on a short-term mission trip to Africa or Haiti. It was what was in your heart while you were there. It wasn't just so you could post selfies of yourself with little African children on Facebook and Instagram. It was so that you could go there and give your life away, serving Jesus Christ and his kingdom. It wasn't so that you could just give a, get a tax write-off for the financial gift you gave to that ministry, though that's a great benefit. Go for it. But it was because of the motive and why you wrote that check and what worship you felt while you were putting pen and ink on that check to send to that ministry. Was that an act of worship when you put it in an envelope? When you licked that envelope, put a stamp on it, sent it in the mail? Or when you handed it to that person, were you worshiping God? Were you saying, God, I love this, this ministry. I love this person. I love this church. And I'm giving this to you, God. I worked for this money. You gave me breath and life and blood and eyesight and strength to go earn money. And I want to take some of this. I want to give it. Or I want to take my talent and, and give it and serve the children's ministry or the youth ministry or as a deacon or behind the scenes at my church or for some other ministry need. Yes, every deed will be evaluated. Years and years and years of service, God's going to itemize it one by one. He's going to put the fire to it. And Christ's all-knowing judgment will peel back those layers, revealing what was really in our hearts in those moments when we served him. Not a single motivation will escape him. All our thoughts, our desires, our emotions, those things that drove our service to Jesus and his church will be laid bare before him to be tested with fire. And that'll be the basis of our reward. So the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ, is a reminder to consciously dedicate every godly act of service to Jesus and his eternal fame. 
but it also causes us to make sure we evaluate our own hearts. You know, sometimes, I mean, Paul even confessed himself, I don't even know my own heart sometimes. Hey, I don't know my own heart sometimes. All I know is that before I'm about to speak or give a presentation or go serve, there's a little moment that I have. This is just for me. It's, it's just a gut check. It's a spirit check moment for me. And literally while people are reading through my resume on stage and about to introduce me, you know what I do in my heart? I say to myself every single time, uh, without fail, I say this to God. I say, God, this is not for me. This is for you. I don't care if they remember who I am. I want them to remember who you are. And may your word be powerful in their lives and fill me right now with your Holy Spirit. That's my prayer every single time. You know why? Because I'm Jeff. I'm a sinner. And I'm susceptible to the same temptations of self-awareness that you are. So I have to I have to do that spirit check just to make sure every single time that it's for him and not for me. Hey, this is why Paul encouraged us to run in such a way that we could win. Because how we live our lives for him really does count for eternity. Now, there are some people that are getting all of their reward right now on this earth. There are some people who are serving God for the wrong motives, and they're getting all the attention and all the recognition right now. They're going to get it all out. And when they get to heaven, there's not going to be anything left. Why? Because of the motives, their motives. So, in fact, Jesus said, don't work for man's praise to receive man's praise in this life. But when you get to the next life, there's not going to be anything left for you. Matthew 6, he talks about that. We should never assume because people praised us here that they will do the same thing there. Now, that doesn't mean you, you shouldn't encourage people who are doing ministry. That doesn't mean you shouldn't say, hey, you know, your, your ministry blessed my life or thank you so much. Yeah, w- people need encouragement, okay? It's okay to, to encourage people and to praise God's work through them. And if they're a, a pure servant of Christ, they, they understand how to take that praise. They understand how to take that encouragement and that, that thanks. So don't, don't think you're going to give someone, quote, the big head just because you gave them a word of encouragement. The Bible tells us to encourage one another and all the more as we see the day of Christ approaching and this Bema approaching. So the Bema is not just an important thing. It's really kind of the point of your life. In other words, you want to be able to work for that day when you stand before the judge of the games. Let me ask you this question. If suddenly you found yourself in the Olympic Games, you're running a race, why are you running that race? Are you running the race just to go home and say you ran the race? Or are you running to win the race? Are you running so that you will stand on the platform and receive that recognition from the judge of the games? Are you running to win? Are you running to win reward from Jesus Christ? You know, I've had the privilege of of visiting England many times, uh, doing mission work, taking teenagers over there, and we, we minister over there. And we always spend a couple of days in London, you know, doing some sightseeing and that type of thing. And kind of a, as a thank you for uh, the, the kids on the trip. And in, in these trips we've gone on there, we always go to the Tower of London. And in the Tower of London there, uh, it, it's kind of Britain's main medieval fortress there. And they store what is known as the crown jewels 
or more specifically, the regalia. In other words, these are objects associated with the coronation of the British monarchy. And you go through this building, you're on this conveyor belt, and you see things like royal scepters and orbs and rings and swords and spurs and bracelets and robes. And then you come to this gem-encrusted crown, in fact, many crowns, that once adorned the heads of England's kings and queens and princes, dating all the way back to like the 14th century. And on every crown is decorated these diamonds and rubies and sapphires. And one of the crowns has 3,000 gems and precious stones on it. You know, the Bible says that he will award crowns to those deserving Christ followers. Now, they're not going to be diamond-encrusted crowns of emperors. They're going to be a crown. It's going to be a crown symbolic of what we did for him. It's not a crown of a ruler, but a crown of a, a victor, someone who won the race. Not an earthly crown, but a heavenly one, not perishable, but imperishable and unfading. Not a crown given to kings, but one given by a king. The New Testament calls this a Stephanos or a wreath. I've already mentioned it, it refers to this intertwined olive branch that was given at the Greek National Games. These crowns are awarded to those who excel in a particular category of serving Jesus Christ. So what are what are those categories? Well, I won't go through all of them extensively, but there's the imperishable crown in 1 Corinthians 9. That's given to the person who runs the race well. There is a crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4 says that crown's given to those who look forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, some people say, oh, I don't do prophecy. Guess what? You should do prophecy because the Bible tells you to look forward to the appearance of Jesus Christ, the ones who prepare themselves for that. There's the crown of life. That's awarded to those who persevere under trials and persecution, who are faithful to Jesus until death. It's in James 1 and Revelation 2. There's the crown of exaltation, the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, awarded to those who are faithful to win others to Jesus Christ. Then there's the crown of glory awarded to obedient pastors and those elders who faithfully shepherd the flock of God. That's 1 Peter 5. That's, that's just the crowns that we know of. And God only gives us these really brief descriptions of these crowns. Why? Well, I believe it could be because Jesus prefers that we focus on pursuing what precipitates these crowns. Discipline, purpose, expectancy, holiness, purity, perseverance, being a witness, faithfulness rather than chasing the crowns themselves, as we are often tempted to do. See, when we focus on serving Jesus Christ, he will give us what we deserve. Don't worry about it. If you give Jesus what, what he deserves, if you serve him, serve his people, I guarantee you the crown you get is going to be well worth it. Are there other rewards in heaven that we're waiting for? Yes, I believe so. Other rewards waiting for us. I've already talked about those who encourage and support other ministries will receive part of the rewards of that ministry in heaven because you help make it happen. There are rewards for acts of compassion or kindness done towards Christ's children. Jesus indicates that in heaven there will be greater authority and responsibility given to those who are faithful servants and stewards of what God has given them in Luke chapter 19. There'll be verbal praise from Jesus as well, 1 Corinthians 4 or 5. You know, it's, it's, there's so much waiting on us in heaven. We just need to make sure that we are doing what we need to be doing for Jesus Christ. 
Hey, I've got one more podcast on these heavenly rewards. I want to talk about why we should pursue these crowns, these heavenly rewards. Why should we should want a huge heavenly bank account waiting for us when we get there. I'm going to cover that in the next Vintage Truth Podcast. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.